You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. The Lord made it really clear uh, Thursday night. Uh, he just gave me this word of simple. And I'll, I'll give you a story here in a second of, of how that word came to be, how he came to give me that word is through my two boys and just watching them be two little boys. Um, but first, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you for the relationship that we have with you that we can do nothing to affect. We cannot, we cannot separate ourselves from you. We cannot do anything that would cause you to, to abandon us, to leave us, uh, to forsake us. So we thank you for those truths. We thank you for that reality. We thank you that we get to live in the blessing of that each and every day. Lord, and we thank you that you have not intended for this walk with you and for our relationship with you to be a complicated thing, but simple. Overflowing with joy, overflowing in abundance, Lord. There's difficulty in gaining abundance in the world. It is simple to have abundance with the Father and to overflow. I pray that we would be people that operate in the fullness of that simplicity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're going to read Acts 2, all of it. Uh, So bear with me. You, you know this about me, that this is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. It's certainly one of the most significant passages of Scripture for us in our life today because it's the moment Jesus was completely and 100% faithful to what he said he was going to do. He fulfilled every promise that he made, boom, right then and there when the Spirit of God came into the picture. Now we were reconnected as we were originally designed to be in the garden, plugged into God, The breath of life in us, we had it now access to it again because of the sacrifice of Jesus. Not that we would go to heaven someday, but that heaven could be in us now today. Acts 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native tongue? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, all those other places in Egypt. Verse 11, both Jews and proselytes, oh, should have skipped to verse 12, were hear them telling in their own tongues the mighty works of God. Verse 12. And we're all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others, mocking, said they were filled with new wine. 
But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days I will pour out my spirit. And they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood. Before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God, with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves know, this Jesus, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David said concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, that I might not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad, and my tongue rejoiced, my flesh also will dwell in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades, or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up and of that we are all witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having rejoiced, having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, even whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized. And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to breaking of bread and prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common." And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those that were being saved. Remember this passage for just a moment. 
as I share this story. So Thursday night, um, this, is, this has been a fun thing that has been requested of our five-year-old. Uh, you know, normally Sarah and I uh, eat dinner after the boys go to bed because they're insane and they require so much attention. But uh, they've gotten to the age where we can kind of sit down and have family dinner. And so we've started doing that at the request of Liam. Liam has asked, hey, I want to have family dinner. It's like, sweet, let's do it. So we've done that. It's been the new thing that we're doing. And it's awesome. Um, and as Sarah and I were finishing dinner, they're sitting there and they're eating their dessert. They got ice cream cones. And I, I'm looking at these two boys and they could not be any different in the way they approach their strategy behind eating the ice cream cone. Liam is precise. Like every bite has purpose and has been thought about and he's, he's working his way around it strategically. Kai, over there, his, his strategy is just, ah! If I were to sum it up, that would be the strategy of my, my two-year-old, almost three-year-old. There's ice cream on the wall behind him. There's rice, ice cream on the table. It's all over his face. It's all over his shirt. Um, he doesn't bite with any kind of purpose or let, let me try to not get it on my face. He just plunges in and what happens, happens. And he's good with the result. But as I'm sitting there watching these boys, it's, it, it's silly, but it's simple. I'm watching them eat this ice cream. And there were, they are on top of the world. They could not be happier. And they are consumed with that one thing that they're doing. Consumed by it. They're overjoyed by it. They, they are so excited about everything that is that moment. And the Lord asked me this question as I'm sitting there watching my boys make a mess. When did the pursuit of me become so laborsome? I'm going to ask that again. When did, when did our pursuit of God be something that we labor over? When did it be something that we have turmoil over? When did it become something that was anything but simple? Anything but this kid eating an ice cream cone. Nothing but joy and such a simple thing. They were consumed by it. Overjoyed by it. Having the most fun in a moment. And the Lord was reminding me in that moment. This is the life that we're meant. This is what it's meant to look like. My relationship with you as a child is with this ice cream cone. But you have made it. You have grown up. You have become an adult. And you have made it complicated. And he's having to use my five year old and my two year old eating an ice cream cone to teach me what it is to have a relationship with him. So simple. It is meant to be so simple. It is not meant to be complicated. Where do we read in this passage that we just read the difficulty of being consumed by the Spirit of God and walking in obedience to Him? When you read Acts 42 through 47, that first glimpse that we have of the church, do you see anything but joy in that passage? Do you read and do you feel turmoil in that passage? Do you read and do you feel hardship in that passage? I'm telling you, I cannot read that and not feel joy. 
I cannot read that and not see joy in these people. And their life was so simple. The pursuit of God was so simple. These are people that went from not knowing the Lord to receiving the Lord in a moment. And their life was completely transformed. But it was simple. And read on. Read on into, into, into Acts 3 as, as Peter and John are just walking to the temple. Where is the difficulty in that lame man getting up and walking? Where did it say there was turmoil, there was struggle? Peter and John had to labor day and night for this man to find his ability to walk again. To rise up and walk and have his legs strengthened. It was simple. But we have made all of this so complicated. We have made it all so complicated and I believe there are some in here that have questions about the Lord that are simply answered with just, you got to make it simple. You've made it too complicated in your mind. You've made this relationship too complicated in your head. Trying to define what it's supposed to look like, how it's supposed to feel. You're making it too complicated. Mark 10. Verse 13. And they were bringing children to him, that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me, do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. The ministry of reconciliation is not one of turmoil. Where do we see Jesus in turmoil over the life that he was getting to leave, to live? Even to the point of the cross. Now we, I don't, there is not a one of us in here that have had the Lord request us to be obedient in such a way that the weight of it would cause us to sweat blood. Not a one of us. To, to recognize the enormity of what God was asking us to step into in faithfulness and obedience to where it physically caused us to bleed. Jesus did. That is not a moment of turmoil for Jesus. You need to hear that. Because a moment of turmoil, if there's turmoil, there's doubt. If there's doubt, there's fear. And if there's fear, there's division. That was not turmoil for Jesus. But the weight of what he was being asked to step into, the weight of the world and its sin, the world that was and the world that is and the world that would be and their sin was on him in a moment and he was asked, destroy it, conquer it, conquer the grave. Step into obedience as I ask and conquer the grave. That's, that's the moment we see there in the garden. We don't see Jesus struggling to be obedient. We see the recognition of what was before him. So again, I'll ask, where do we see a complicated relationship between Jesus and God? Even when he's tempted, like we've not seen temptation, being physically taken from a place and put on top of a city, Satan taking him and putting him over this city when he said that man would not live on bread alone, but on the word of God. And then Satan takes him, puts him on top of Jerusalem, says, this, I, I'll give you all of this. We've not had that. I don't know about you, but I've never had temptation to where I was physically taken to a different place to be tempted by something. 
But where in it was there complexity in his answers? It was simple. The relationship is simple. I used to, when I was youth pastor, I would teach this very simple thing that we see, this gift of faith that we read is, is presented to us at the moment of salvation. It's not by our doing, it's a gift of faith from God in a moment of encounter that we have salvation. And that gift of faith, it's just what I've called it, it's called abiding faith. Because what was found in that very basic and starting moment of salvation? What was found at that very beginning moment was this belief that God is good and he loves me. When did that statement become complicated? Because there's the issue. Because is that still true today? God is good and he loves you. Where's the complexity in that? There is none. This is a simple, simple life that we're meant to live. A simple walk. And just as I was watching my children and they were teaching me, the world looks at these same children and sees them as unqualified because of what? Because of their age. They are unqualified and we, the church, have adopted that. We've adopted it. The church has adopted it over many years. They don't have the same spirit I have. They need to grow up a little bit and learn how to live in this. Now, I'm not saying that's something that we've adopted in this house, but in the church, in the body of Christ around America, that's definitely been adopted. But right here we just read that these children, if you are not like a child, you will not receive the kingdom of heaven. Meaning if you can't make it simple that God is good and he loves you and stay and remain, abide in that simple truth, you cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. Because it is not meant to be a complicated thing to do. And in the kingdom of God, just as the world looks at children as unqualified, God looks at them as incredibly qualified. Does he not? You tell me, parents, which one of you in here would say that your child is unqualified for the things that God has for them? Not a one. Not a one. So if we imperfect parents can see the truth and reality of God for our children, why have we not seen it for ourselves? This is a simple life that we're meant to live. There's not meant to be a lot of complexities in it. Is life going to be complicated? Yes. Should your relationship with God ever be? No. Because has His heart for you changed? I love it. I get to step into Sunday school now, which is awesome. I love getting to step into Sunday school again. And I get to listen to Randy. What's he talking about? He's talking about man's relationship with God and the unchangingness of it. Doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't matter what you step into. Doesn't matter anything. Day to day. The relationship that God has with you will not change. We may think it changed. We, we may interpret it as changing. But it, the reality is it has not changed. We can do nothing to change it. It's a beautiful thing. God looks at you as a child. He doesn't look at you as this big grown-up adult. You are still his child. I, I know that because I'm 30 years old. And my grandfather still calls me his little manny man. 
I'm like four inches taller than him too. I'm still his little nanny man. To my mom, I'm still her baby boy. My parents' view of me hasn't changed because I get older and I grew a beard thing. I shave my head now. That hasn't changed. I'm still their child. They still see me as their child. They respect me as an adult, but I'm still their child. Their love for me has not changed because I've grown up. Their love for me is still the same it was that day they held me in their arms the first time. And I'm telling you, I've only got a five and a near three-year-old, but my love for Liam as a five-year-old has not changed from that very first moment that I held him. Same with God. And that is unchanging every day. But we add the complexities of the world to our relationship with the Father and we get lost in it. But it's time again. I'll remind you the Lord said He wants a mysterious people again. He's restoring the mystery in the children of God. Look at Psalm 30. Verse 1. Some of you, this is a very popular uh, chunk of the Psalms. There's a song written about it. An old song. Verse 1. I extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help and you have healed me. O Lord, you have brought me up you have brought up my soul from Sheol. You restored me to life from among those who go down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, O you His saints, and give thanks to His holy name. For His anger is built, for His anger is but for a moment, and His favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. He asked me this question as I sat down to. Kind of prep. I've got one page here. I was telling the band, I, I had half a page when we finished practice this morning. The Lord gave me a little bit more. But he, he had such a strong desire that this be simple. And he asked me Thursday evening, when did joy stop coming with the morning? Like, I don't know. But when did, when did I start waking up and not have joy or not receive the joy that was there with me in the morning. I'm telling you, this walk with the Lord is meant to be simple. And joy comes in the morning. The promises of God are true each and every day for you. They're not complex. It's plain and simple. When you woke up this morning, there was joy waiting for you. Plain and simple. But when did joy stop coming in the morning for us? When did we stop receiving it? The Lord wants the simple things to be reestablished in the people of God because that will create mystery. The world thinks of God as this very complicated thing. But it's not what it is. And we, these children of God, to reestablish the mystery of God and as a, a mysterious people, the children of God, need to start with the simplest things again. Simply receive the joy that's with you in the morning. This walk is not meant to be complex. This walk is meant to be simple. We were getting ready for um, uh, worship this morning. We were um, 
playing a bunch of different songs. Just felt like nothing really was coming together. Um, and as we were playing a song, the Lord said, simple. He had to like hit me in the back of the head. Why do I have to keep saying this to you? I was like, Jay, we got we to gotta make this more simple, man. And the set wrote itself, what, in 10 minutes? Just like that, boom. This life is not meant to be complicated. And people out there do not see, need to see a complicated God. Because I'm telling you right now, everything about their circumstances and the life they're living in is complicated. Everything is complicated. They don't need to see a complicated God. But they need to see God's heart for them reflected in you and that is simply this that he loves you and he is for you you know that song the blessing you know it came out a year ago this week you guys remember that song I don't know about you but that's been like a pioneering song through this season for me what of that is complicated what of those promises found in that song is complicated It's simple truth. It's simple reality that this is the heart of God for you and not just for you, but for your children and then for their children and for their children and for a thousand generations after them. The heart of God is for them. Jesus Christ did not come. He did not give his son to die for those that were predestined and chosen because he liked them more. Everybody on this earth has been forgiven. Receiving it is a different story. But there is not a person alive today that has not been forgiven. The sacrifice was for them. The sacrifice was for them. And it is simple as receiving it and receiving the Holy Spirit and then immediately living. Peter received it and then preached and then boom, we got thousands of people with the Holy Spirit. It was that simple. Wherein it is complexity. Where in it was this complicated process? Where in it was this complicated process of church? Whew! The routine of church is a complicated thing to maintain. Why? Why do we have to have music, a little bit of a sermon, an altar call, a little bit of somber music there at the end, and a nice dismissal? When did that become the norm? Why is that... What we've reduced God to operating within. It's simple. Be obedient. What does he have for us today? He had a simple word. We're going to sing some songs. And then you're going to go on your merry way. Receiving the simplicity of God. And when I say simple, that doesn't mean this basic, uncomplicated thing. Because I cannot fully understand, listen to me, I can't fully understand God's love for me. It is beyond my comprehension. But it is simple that it remains. It is steadfast. It will never leave. It does not matter what I do the rest of this day, what I do tomorrow. That love for me will be unwavering. The forgiveness of my sins is unwavering. The Holy Spirit and His filling of me is unwavering. It's simple. But it is beyond comprehension. And I'm telling you, there's mystery in that, and the world around us needs to see that mystery again. We are to be a mysterious people. We are to be a people gathered around a house, praying over over a woman that the Lord would reveal His glory to her. A mystery. 
But what God had asked us to do was simple. This life is not meant to be complicated in your relationship with God, in the things that you know about God, in the things that you know about God that are for you. They're not meant to be hard to understand. But your heart has to first be in this place of yes and amen. Yes and amen. How can I fully understand God's love for me if I don't like myself? Randy was talking about it this morning. If I hate me, how will I ever love God fully? It's simple. You are God's son. You are God's daughter. He has chosen you. He loves you and he has not withheld anything from you. It's simple. Receive it. And allow that love, that simple love that finds you each and every day, allow that joy, allow that peace that chases after you each and every moment, allow the process of receiving it to be simple. Let it be simple. Are you hearing me this morning? Is that making sense? Man, I don't, I, I don't want us to leave without receiving this. Because it's across all boards. Worship is to be simple. It's not to be this complicated process of, oh, I'll kind of do this with my hand, I'll maybe step up and then I'm going to stop. I'll do this for a little bit and then I'm stop. It's supposed to be a simple reflection of your heart towards God. Whatever that looks like, let it look like that. If it means standing on your chair, then stand on your chair. If it means walking around the church outside, go and do it. But worship, too, needs to be a simple reflection of your heart towards the Father. It's about praising Him. What does that look like? Simple. Let it be that. There's not a person in here that's going to stop you. Okay? Everything about this relationship with God needs to be simple. And we've made it complicated. It needs to be simple. Can we make it simple from here on out? Let the Lord do whatever He needs to do. Let it look like whatever it needs to look like. But let it start with you. Let it look like what it needs to look like between you and Him. And then let us get to experience the overflow of it with you. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We give you all the glory and honor. I pray that you would find us simply rejoicing this morning. I pray that you would find us overwhelmed and overflowing with joy. I pray this morning you would see our hearts and you would see us physically manifest our hearts' desires towards you, our hearts' love towards you, but it would be simple. Lord, we wouldn't allow fear, we wouldn't allow doubt, we wouldn't allow division to make complicated this relationship with you. It's simple. And it starts by us simply receiving the simple things you have spoken over us. That you love us. And we are yours. Simple. But there is nothing that can stand against these things that you have spoken over us. We are yours. A simple statement that carries a weight that is unmeasurable. But you speaking that over us destroys any stronghold that would rise up against you. We are yours. There is not a thing on this earth 
that can stand against you. And there's not a thing on this earth that can stand against that statement that we are yours. Period. I pray that we would simply receive it this morning. As a child simply receives the life around them, Lord. As they simply overflow with joy and peace and love. I pray that we too would live as children. Receiving all that you have for us. Knowing that you love us. You are good, you are worthy. I pray this morning that you would be magnified, you would be lifted high in our praise of you. As we make simple this this act of worship. I pray the world outside would see a simple church. They would simply see the heart of a good and perfect father towards them through us. But Lord, we pray that they would see it. So Lord, I pray right now, anything that, is, that we have added to this relationship to make it complex, anything that has originated in us and not in your heart for us, bring it to light, that we could lay it down at your feet, that you could have it. Because you have not intended for us to live a complicated life with you. To have a complicated relationship with you. You have done great things to make this simple. I pray that we would receive it. Lord, we love you. Be glorified and lifted high in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.